Hello and welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Fellowship of the Ring one minute at a time. I'm Norman Mitchell. And I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. And today we're going to be talking about Minute 43, which starts with the second half of the line that ended yesterday, and stay off the road, and ends with Sam Ganji saying, please don't turn me into anything unnatural, talking to Gandalf. Yeah. Which is a, which is a great little scene. This is... In the theatrical cut of the movie, aside from, like, little glimpses of Sam here and there, I think that this is the first time we really get to see Sam. Right, because they cut the... They cut the Green Dragon in scene. And they cut the um, the scene of him gardening. Right. So we've seen, I think in the theatrical, all we've seen of Sam really is him getting pushed into Rosie mm. at the party. So this is our first, this is the theatrical version's, like, introduction to Sam. Yeah. I love this. I, I love a lot about this scene. I do love the line that Gandalf says to Frodo as soon as he's all ready. And he looks up so earnestly at Gandalf like, <laughs> did I do a good? It's kind of like a parent getting their child ready for like the first day of school. Yeah. It's very reminiscent of that sort of feeling. And the the camera angle is really good. It really makes Frodo look like a child. Yeah. And the, the line that Gandalf says about you can learn all you need to know about... Uh, their ways in a month, mm-hmm. but after a hundred years, they can still surprise you. Is apparently something Ian McKellen fought to keep. He really wanted to have that line in the movie still, and it is a great line. It, yeah. It's it's very. I don't know. It it really like captures a lot of how Gandalf must feel about hobbits. It says a lot about him as a person to like think this way of these people. There's always something to surprise you, even though after a month, after a couple of months, you might think that they're just a dull backwoods place. Mm -hmm. And I think that's cool because Gandalf realizes there's something amazing about hobbits. Right. I like the lyricalness of it too, and it's it's lifted almost word for word from the book. Yeah. So I like that the actors um, cared enough about the source material and took the time to, you know read and understand and really delve into the source material as well as the script to be able to um, argue that, you know, their character would do something or would not do something. Right. And the the best example of that is uh, Viggo Mortensen. And we'll get to talk to talk about him in a couple of weeks in more detail. Mm-hmm. Which, finally. Finally. <laughs> finally. <laughs> Sam's lines here are really great, too, and they're not lifted right from the book, other than please don't turn me into anything unnatural. Yeah. They're just kind of, they're kind of chopped up a bit. Well, he says, if you follow me. Yeah. Um, granted, the context of this conversation is also different, because in the book they're having their conversation during the day, so it would make sense for Sam to be doing the gardening. Right. This is a bit more, this is a bit more comical, like, visually, and, like, yeah. what's happening. And in the book, it's a bit, it's played a bit sillier from like what Sam is saying because mm-hmm. his first response to being accused of eavesdropping in the book is, "But Bag End doesn't have any eaves, sir." I like, I ain't been dropping no eaves. Yeah, it makes Sam look a bit more like a bumbler. Yeah, which, you know, maybe it's not the best thing for like Sean Astin, but it, it, making Sam look a bit more like a bumbler really lends to like him being the sidekick, right? And it helps his story kind of build if he stop, starts off kind of bumbly, but by the end of this story is like Frodo's rock. Well, if you think about it, because um, we were in the the Facebook group, we were talking a bit a few weeks ago about Sam and Frodo's relationship and how 
in the book it's more um classist yeah uh because sam is definitely i mean he's a he's a working class man right he's you know he's the gardener he's you know the help or whatever yeah and the like the baggins family is very wealthy and they are they're like old money aren't they I, uh, I'm not 100% sure if they're old money or not. I think they are. They must be. I think Bag End's a pretty old building. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's like, I can't even. And you know, you know how we were talking about how Bilbo's attitude seems to like look down on the rest of Hobbiton? Yeah. In the book, when Frodo is like sussing over in his mind, like, and it's talking a lot to Gandalf, but like, I have to leave. He says, you know, I always thought that these people were a little dull and maybe a too dumb-witted for their own good. <laughs> but I always liked it here. I'm not really ready to go, but I guess I have to. Yeah. So, like, even Frodo in the book is just like, hobbits are dumb. Well, he he didn't grow up in Hobbiton. Yeah. He grew up in Bywater, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, grew up with, with Tooks and Brandy Bucks. Yeah. And they're a little more adventurous and outgoing. Yeah. Like, Hobbiton, Hobbiton is, like, moving... From, like, if you're, I don't know, like, may, I imagine making the move from, like, Bywater. Because Bywater, you have more... Uh, there's more men in that area. Yeah, there's more, like, culture. And yeah. it's not as insular. But Hobbiton is, like, smack dab in the middle of the Shire. Yeah. And, yes, you hear news, but it's, like, gossipy news. And, and dwarves come through occasionally. Right. But everyone kind of keeps to themselves. Yeah. And, it's, I don't know, I, I'm trying to figure out, like, a like a modern-day, yeah. you know, area, like... Because it's, like, the, the far east of the Shire on the border with, like, when on the border with Bree, and the far south of the Shire on the border with Rohan mm -hmm. are the people that interact with men the most out of the Hobbits. And the ones on the, on the border with Bree probably also interact with dwarves the most. Yeah. And maybe on the far west side of the Shire, they interact with dwarves a little more, too, because of the Blue Hills. Yeah. But for the most part, the Shire is really, really closed off from the rest of the world. I'm trying so, to think you know. of, like, an equivocal, like, area, like, moving from this area to that area is, like, moving from Bywater to the Shire. Or well, it's like, well, it's like, I guess, in a way, it's like from moving from, like, a city out to, like, a suburb. Yeah. Because it's not like it's not really like that far away, and yeah. it's not that different. But Bywater's not by any means a city, city right? I mean, there are no like cities, right? Their by like our understanding in Middle Earth, except for like Minas Tirith. Their mentality is a little different. Like Minas Tirith and Lake Town are the only like really densely populated places that we ever see in these stories, right? I'm not, I'm not sure exactly. Because Hobbiton's supposed to be more like a village than a right a town or, you know, definitely not a city. Yeah, Hobbiton. This is cool. I mean, I I like the I like the little yelp that Sam gives when Gandalf bops him on the head with the staff <laughs> because Gandalf's entire like the way he carries himself, he's just like I just gave this nice lyrical poetic line about how I care about hobbits. What's that? Mm -hmm. And he just scoops up the staff. And Frodo crouches down and just walks over to the window. I like how Gandalf's like, get down. And then Frodo just like... Literally just gets down. Like, stop, drop, and rolls. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do on the floor? 
Yeah. If someone's coming through the window for you, you want to be able to move. Hide behind something. Right. <laughs> it's literally like stop, drop, and roll. Yeah. And watching more closely, we t- I talked about this yesterday, like how they how they did that shot. They don't talk about how they did the shot of pulling Sam through the window. But watching it again, it really looks like a dummy. Mm-hmm. It probably is. Uh, and then, obviously, when we're when Sam's on the table looking up at Gandalf and we're looking from behind Sam's head, that's the scale double. Yeah. Looking up at Gandalf. I uh, I love Sean Astin's delivery of his lines in this scene. It's very good. It, it, this is a very good introduction to Sam. Like, when you think about the theatrical edition, mm-hmm. the, the theatrical version of the film, this, this is a really good introduction to Sam because it, it, it shows that he's not the brightest of hobbits. <laughs> And you you really do need that established for Sam that like he starts off in a very stereotypical Hobbit place, mm-hmm. like even more so than Merry and Pippin and Frodo, right? And then he grows the most out of the four Hobbits because by the end of his journey, I mean he's a leader. Well, Sam's the only one from Hobbiton, right? Right? Yeah. Like born and raised. Yeah. Yeah. So he's never. I mean, we'll get to it. I think not tomorrow, the day after. Yeah. On Friday, we'll we'll talk about we'll yeah. talk about a, a little bit more about Sam's life <laughs> and experience. But yeah, uh, I, I've always I've always really liked this this scene. It's one of the most memorable ones for me in the movie. When I think about the movie, this is one of the first things I think about mm-hmm. from Fellowship. Uh, almost as much as I think about like one of my favorite scenes in. The Two Towers, which is kind of my favorite scene in the whole trilogy. Mm-hmm. Like, when I think of each movie, there's, like, one scene in particular I think of, whether or not it's necessarily the iconic one for the movie. And, like, for Two Towers, it's Thad and getting armored up for the extended edition is, yeah. like, <laughs> perfection. And for Return of the King, the thing that always pops into my brain whenever I think of that movie, the first thing that pops into my head is Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli jumping down off the ship and all the ghost soldiers charging past them. Yeah, I think of the Ghost Army, too. Because the Ghost Army's cool. <laughs> like, and in the, con- I mean, I can talk about, I feel fine talking about things like that now, because it's going to be so long before we talk about them again. But, like, the Ghost Army is the thing that proves to the people of Minas Tirith that Aragorn is the king. Right. Because only the, only Isildur's heir can command the ghosts. So, like, that's, it's really important in context and, like, not having those scenes in the theatrical version of the movie take some of that away for book fans, but not really anything from the movie itself. It's not like necessary right. for the movie. It's just a cool book thing. I love getting so far off topic into other parts of this <laughs> story. It's so easy. Is it off topic if we're still talking about Lord of the Rings though? I mean, not really, I guess. I mean, yes, it's off topic for the minute, but it's still Lord of the Rings. Yeah. You know, we were we were talking about how Elijah Wood kind of seems like a kid getting ready for his first day of like his first day of kindergarten. Yeah, Gandalf's like a like a proud parent, mm-hmm. and then it's just like if if we're gonna keep going with that analogy, when he pulls Sam through the window, he's like a really he's just like a very severe disciplinary parent. Yeah, I think it's funny that uh, in the because this one he just grabs his you know shirt. Yeah, he just pulls him by the shirt up through the window and slams him on the table. Yeah, um, in the book. He gra- like he sticks his hand out out of the window and just grabs Sam's ear, kind of like we see him do with Merry and Pippin yeah. during the fireworks scene. But he just 
he just kind of goes for it. And that's also, it's like a, like a grandmother. Yeah. Like, it's like, come here. Yeah. <laughs> just grabbing your ear, dragging you down the hallway. Just like, oh, look what I you've mean, done. I mean, my parents did that. I'm sorry. Like the grab by the ear thing. It's yeah. just like, come here. It's just very uncomfortable. It is. I mean, it, it's very much a show of like, I'm in control here. Yeah. So one of the things they also talk about in the commentary with this scene is that in the original like writing for this this part of the movie, mm-hmm. this is where they were going to introduce Mary and Pippin originally in the script. I think it's too crowded if they it, did that. Yes. Like they were going to do like the whole like through the door joke that they kind of do with the dwarves in the Hobbit movie. Like with Sam and Mary and Pippin all listening at the door uh-huh. and then opens the door and like they just fall in. Yeah. And I mean, that, that's cool and all. It's very uh, traditionally farcical. I think Peter Jackson is a big fan of traditionally farcical things. Yeah. I think that's very obvious through not I, just these. I think the the bodily comedy of dragging Sam through the window is a good compromise. Yeah. Because then, like, because Mary and Pippin wouldn't have an excuse. Well, they, I mean, they were they were just drinking. Yeah. So. They were you just know, I have never questioned that before, but Mary and Pippin don't live in Hobbiton, so why would they And they're they just there yeah. still. So they're, they're, this is months after the party, presumably. Well, yeah. At least two, if not more. And are they, did they just decide that they're going to hang out in Hobbiton yeah, for like the next... I, I don't know. Whatever. Maybe that's one of the things that they're just like, you know, maybe the Green Dragon Inn scene doesn't make a lot of sense. Well, why no, they Mary said they could... Here? They cut it for, um... For, like, flow reasons. Right. But at the same time, it's like, maybe someone was just like, why are Mary and Pippin still in Hobbiton? <laughs> they don't live there. Right. I mean, maybe in this version of the story, they do. We, we're never told that they're from out of town. Right. But then why would they be on the outskirts of the Shire? Right, hanging out in the... Stealing vegetables later. Which we'll talk about next week. It makes no sense. It doesn't. Right. I never, I never questioned that before either. I actually, I never did. You, you make a really fine point. Why, why, the heck, I've, are they in the Green Dragon Inn? Are they just there for the weekend? They're just maybe. like weekend warriors. They like, like they go to the, up, yeah. they go to the Green Dragon Inn. Frodo, you haven't hung out with us. Let's go. Let's all go drinking. Yeah, dude, we haven't seen you since your uncle died. Let's, let's your go party. <laughs> we know just the thing to cheer you up, guys. He's not dead. No, it's fine. <laughs> Dude, he's been gone for like two months. He's totally dead. <laughs> I mean, he said he wasn't coming back. So, okay. We know that it's been in the book 17 years, roughly. Right. However, the movie, Bilbo's birthday, is at the end of September. Yes. He wakes up in Rivendell still in October. Like at the end of October? October 24th. Yeah. So. So, no way. Has Gandalf been gone for like a year? Maybe. Because there is there is no way that Gandalf made it to Minas Tirith, did and all back. the research, and came back in three weeks? Right. Giving Frodo enough time to get to Rivendell. And how long was Frodo out? They say in the movie, right? Three, wasn't he out for like three weeks? I don't they, remember. I think they, I think they tell, they say like really quickly. I think so, they drop a line. So does that mean it takes a week and a half to get to Rivendell? No way. <laughs> That's no. It takes them like a week and a half to get to Bree. Yeah. 
the the geography is a little so okay. We were so saying, even without shadow facts, that means that that horse is fast. We were saying Gandalf was gone for like six months, but I think it's more like a year, eight to ten. Yeah, maybe because that like they definitely name drop dates, and in order for that to work, Gandalf needs to be gone longer. Right, unless he traded his his horse for a car at some point. Well, I mean, there's that. We'll we'll get to it this week, but that scene, you know, that infamous scene with the car, the infamous car scene. Yeah, so maybe that's Gandalf's car. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's got a Honda Civic back there. <laughs> it's, got, it's got great great gas mileage. He thumps his staff on the ground and goes. Boop, boop. <laughs> I think I think Gandalf has to be gone closer to eight months. Yeah, if not longer. Like eight months at least. Yeah. Because we were saying six at the at, at the max, but thinking but you're about right. the like timeline. Thinking, thinking about like it's because it's a month because when's Bil- Bilbo's birthday is the... The 22nd? Yeah. And then if it's October 24th, 24th when he right. wakes up in Rivendell, that makes no sense. Yeah. There's no way Gandalf gets to Minas Tirith back in a week. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> That falls apart. Gandalf was gone a year. I'm saying it now. Yeah. Most of a year. We, at one point, we should figure out the rough timeline as we understand it of the movie. Yeah. I think Gandalf Gandalf has to be gone most of a year in order for the October 24th wake-up time in Rivendell to make sense. Right. Because I feel like it takes them roughly a month to get there. And then Frodo's out for a while. Right. Because it takes a while to get to Bree. I mean, yes, in a movie you're allowed to jump around real quick, but... But if you're... But but then don't name drop dates on me. Yeah, exactly. If you're naming specific dates, someone's gonna... Someone's gonna be like, this doesn't doesn't make sense. Right. (laughs) And that's probably one of those things Peter Jackson was just like, whatever. Because they do make a point, because the dates are important in the book. So they lift some some of them as just like, this is important. Right. But, I mean, there's a big difference between 17 years right. and a few months. And, you know, being gone, Gandalf, it, it taking roughly a year, Gandalf being gone and coming back and communicating with Frodo, all this stuff, makes more sense given how Bilbo has aged, if, like, the ring is aging him up to where he's supposed to be, like, the lack of the ring. Yeah. A year's time to get to the point where he looks like he's aged 20 years, 30 years. Makes sense. Right. Like, that make, that makes a little more sense, I mean, too. it would make even more sense if it was 17 years. Right, but... which is important, you know? <laughs> just saying. Just saying. I don't know. That's just something I never occurred to me. Yeah. And the Marion Pippin thing. Yeah. It's weird. I mean, they never tell us where they're from in the movie. No, but... But, you know, it is what it is. I mean, Mary knows, like, the, 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 the river because he knows where the ferry is and how to get there. He's familiar, <laughs> right, he's familiar with the area, so therefore my assumption is that he's from that area. That's such a dramatic delivery of that line. Yeah. You know, <laughs> we'll get there. They're they're running for their lives. I I actually I, I really like the whole section of the movie that's just the four hobbits. It's actually like pretty fantastic. It goes yeah. by pretty quickly, but it's great. 
I love it. And of course, Sam is my favorite Hobbit. Yes. We will talk more about Sam tomorrow. We will talk more about Sam tomorrow. Anyway, you can find us at DuelingGenre.com. If you have any questions, comments, wonderful things to say about us, (laughs) you can send us an email at contact at LordOfTheRingsMinute.com. We're on Twitter at LOTR Minute. Tumblr, LOTRMinute.tumblr.com. On Facebook, we have a regular Facebook group as well as a listener group, which is pretty rad. I like checking on that every other day or so and seeing what, what our listeners are up to. You should leave us a five-star review on iTunes if you've got some free time. That's the best way to help us, you know, get out there, get us more visible, tell your friends. You should listen to The Doctor's Companion if you're into Doctor Who, which is hosted by Cassandra and Scott and Nick, our two previous guests. Mm-hmm. And Scott and Nick also host Back to the Future Minute. They've done the first and second movie so far. They're on hiatus at the moment, but we'll be back soon. Uh, uh, at the beginning of next year. At the beginning of the new year with part three. Scott and Nick and Cassandra also produce, write, direct Geek by Night, which is a great audio drama podcast about a bunch of nerds who own a comic book shop and get superpowers. It's pretty cool. It's like every nerd's dream. <laughs> uh, and new on Dueling Genre this week is Harry Potter Minute. So everyone should give that a listen. And if you want to support us and the Dueling Genre family, you should... Go to our Patreon at DuelingGenre.com slash support. We also have a one-time donation button, and we're hoping to get merch out in time for Christmas so that all you guys out there can wear Lord of the Rings Minute merchandise and tell more people. <laughs> so, and as always, a special thanks to our Patreon associate producer, Leaper182. We will listen. Uh, we will see all of you tomorrow. <laughs> we will listen. We will listen to you tomorrow. <laughs> have a good day. Bye.